Gumption. Defined as initiative, aggressiveness, resourcefulness, courage, spunk, guts, common sense, and shrewdness. Welcome to the podcast. This is Stories of Gumption with your host, Ryan Lee. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Gumption podcast. This is your host, Ryan Lee, and we are having conversations with entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and in my opinion, really, really impressive people. As you know, uh, we have a couple sponsors to the podcast. The first one, Open Gate Farmstead. They're a stone's throw away from the mighty Osable River. Open Gate Farmstead is a first-generation farm specializing in free-range poultry, pasture-raised pork, and seasonal produce. The farm is run using a simple principle. Happy animals make the healthiest and tastiest product. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Such a good little slogan. So if, if you're interested in, in uh, learning a little more about Open Gate Farmstead, check them out on YouTube. They have a great YouTube page showing all the, f- the stories of the animals and the, and the family at Open Gate Farmstead. Uh, they're also on Facebook and Instagram. Check them out. Great group of people and uh, doing great things with the farm-to-table movement. Uh, and for a special offer to Gumption listeners, they're taking a dollar off your first order of eggs. I order their eggs. I actually got some today. Uh, from Matt Craig, one of the owners, and uh, they're phenomenal. So check them out. Maybe they even have some duck eggs for you. The duck eggs are really good. Those are the ones that, uh, as we've articulated before in previous podcast episodes, they're the ones that are almost twice as big as a chicken egg, and they taste like the you know the chicken basically just ate butter its whole life. So it's <laughs> phenomenal. Open Gate Farmstead, check them out. We are also sponsored by... Kavanaugh Realty, Joey and Galen Trombley, uh, two great dudes in uh, the North Country doing great things for the North Country, uh, hashtag local matters. They, uh, I, I have a personal story um, I want to say about uh, Galen Trombley, but first I'd be remiss if I didn't say this area, as I've said it before, is blessed to have so many great uh, real estate brokers and agents, um, making our move, our community move forward and, uh, really appreciate, um, every agent and broker in our, in our region. Uh, we're blessed, uh, to have so many people working so hard in that industry. Uh, our personal experience with Galen Trombley, Galen Trombley was phenomenal. He, uh, he stayed up late, uh, the night we wanted to make our offer while he was on vacation. And, uh, because of him, Bustin' after hours on his vacation, we got an offer in. The next morning, uh, there was a second offer, but we secured our house. So, And here we are, sitting in the Gumption studio. So thanks, Galen Trombley and Kavanaugh Realty. You uh, do great things, and thank you for the sponsorship. Today, oh man, what a treat. We have episode 11 with uh, an incredibly gumptious individual, good friend, and uh, I hold her in very high regard. Um, she is currently an employee development manager at the UVM Health Network, Champlain Valley's Physicians Hospital. She's certified in Myers-Briggs. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Proud mother of 
one and growing, <laughs> one and a half, I'll say, uh, proud stepmom, and recently uh, just crushed it and got her master's degree. So we'll talk about that too, but welcome to the podcast, Maria Latinville. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And like I said, you're uh, very gumptious. Uh, I hold you in very high regard. Thank you. And uh, I'm happy to, to and excited to have a conversation with you today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. But for so for the listeners, um, bring us back. So you mentioned to me pr- before the podcast, you grew up in New Jersey. Yep. And graduated high school and... Peaced out. Peaced out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, growing up in Jersey was great. I grew up in northern Jersey, so um, real close to New York City, and that was a really great experience. But I knew that I wasn't a city girl deep down in, in my heart. So um, as soon as I graduated from high school, I went off to Castleton State College um, for two years. And um, you said, hmm, you know, there's got to be more to life than beer pong and <laughs> keg stands. <laughs> I need to do more with myself. <laughs> so I transferred um, back to a school in New Jersey, a, a really great state college, William Patterson. And that's ultimately where I graduated from with my undergrad. Um, but I spent my last year of college out in San Jose State University in California um, as part of a student exchange program. Oh, wow which I don't think a lot of people know that you can do actually like a national student exchange. Like people think like international. Yeah, you know, that's wicked cool. I mean, I, I studied abroad in Australia for a semester, but I didn't Very even cool. know that was a thing. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> that's wicked cool. So it took you to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was my ticket um, back or out West. Um, I claim to be a gypsy. Uh, <laughs> I think it's part of my DNA and... Um, and it was great. It was a really great experience. I wound up graduating from college and being able to stay out West and start my career. So I spent a couple years in Northern California and a couple more years in Reno, Nevada. And all of the jobs that I had at the time really allowed me to travel a lot because I lived out of a suitcase, literally. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a really great experience. Very cool. Very cool. And so at, at, at one point, so you graduate And then you tell me, tell me where you went after that. So my um, undergrad is in business administration and marketing. And so I had this fantasy idea of working in like the ad agency world and being around a bunch of creative people. And, um, and I did, I landed in a, um, wonderful locally owned, um, advertising agency in San Jose, California. And I spent, um, a couple years working there. I started off actually as a temp. So I used my administrative background to get a job working at the front desk. And then eventually I got to be able to move into another position, but it was such a great way to gain exposure and experience in the ad agency world. Nice. So it was a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. And, and so at some point you (laughs) continued traveling or you made it back to the East coast. Tell me about that. So let's see what jobs made me travel a lot. So actually, when I moved to Reno, I worked for an um, eating disorder treatment program. So I worked in behavioral health, and I was a road warrior with that job. Um, Traveled a lot all over the country. It was funny. Like, I would call my parents, and they'd be like, where are you today? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, I'm in a different time zone. I'm in Texas today or Washington. Oh, wow. So um, it was a great experience, but it it was high burnout. 
And then mm. I eventually got a job with Charter Communications, uh, which is now Spectrum. 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 Yeah. The, at the, the time, provider of my internet. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know Spectrum. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Nice. So Charter was my ticket back east. Nice. And and before the podcast, we were talking. I'd I'd be remiss in not mentioning this because I'm super interested. But you, before the podcast, you said you ran a marathon. While you were out in Reno? I did. Well, I trained in Reno, but I ran the San Francisco Marathon. Wow. Okay. Which was really cool. For the for the listeners out there who have heard me go off on, on long distance running, I apologize, but I'm interested. I'm going to ask Maria <laughs> all about her experience now for the next few minutes. Uh, <laughs> what? So tell me about that. What made you want to run a marathon? <sighs> Let's see. So running is one of those things that's really therapeutic when your life is sort of crazy. Mm. And um, young, single, 20-something, living out west with little family around and little network of people, um, there was that component. Running Mm -hmm. felt incredibly therapeutic. It was a healthy coping thing. And then there was the personal challenge thing i love a good personal challenge (laughs) and if you say personal challenge it's different than competition right like i'm not i'm not into things that compete with other people like i'm into things that i compete against myself right and running is definitely one of those things um and i had a, a really i have a really great girlfriend who's out there and um, the two of us became like little running buddies together. And so we we supported one another and we ran a few half marathons and other things mm-hmm. together. And it was kind of like, hey, we just ran a half. What if we just doubled it? Like, Ooh, what if we just <laughs> What if we just did this? I don't know. It was, so we, we sort of pushed each other. And she was like, how about the San Francisco marathon? And I was like, okay. Um, I don't recommend the San Francisco as your first marathon because there's a lot of hills. Mm. So, okay. But it was beautiful and it was amazing and I wouldn't change it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I can remember running the my first half marathon. Probably, actually, I think I saw a reminder pop up on Facebook like, oh, five years ago. You did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember crossing that finish line at the Plattsburgh half and being like, half. Half. Right. Half. Yes. 13.1. Right. Not 26.2. Right. <laughs> going, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Imagine I'm not that starting just, over. Yep. <laughs> you would have to do this whole thing oh, all God. over again. Yeah, here I go. Uh, I'm I'm considering a full now. With my She's, well, she, listeners know this. She is superwoman, mm-hmm. and she has completed a full, and she's talking me into another one. So, mm-hmm. If the podcast keeps going, mm-hmm. you know I either quit or I survived it, right? <laughs> You'll survive. <laughs> um, speaking of marathons, though, you so you didn't do just one. I did two. You did two. Right. And I said, like, why did I do that? <laughs> so not only did you f- cross the finish line after 26.2, mm-hmm. and you, you were like, oh, I'm going to do another one. Mm-hmm. Which one did you do? I did the Boston. You did the Boston. Yeah. That's awesome. That was a really cool experience. Just to be clear, I didn't do it as a qualified runner. I did it as uh, I did it for a nonprofit um, and I had I raised money Still. for it. So so that was kind of like my ticket in. Mm-hmm. But, oh my gosh, if you have ever been a, even a spectator 
at that race, that community, all those communities along the route, they really come out and show up and support those runners. It's such a great race. That must be so cool. Mm -hmm. And which year did you do it? I'm blanking on the actual calendar year now, but it was the year before the actual bombing. Okay. And it was the year that they had um, the record heat. Like we had this, this crazy heat wave, um, that came through and they were actually deferring. They were trying to get runners to defer to the next year, um, because they were so concerned about, um, heat stroke and runners putting themselves in really risky situations because nobody's heat trained at that point of the year. It's in the early spring. And, um, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, you, I saw runners heat stroked along the way and they had a tremendous amount of, um, uh, healthcare EMT support along the whole raceway. They had little wow. like huts and things set up. So it was, it was pretty wild. They were, they were not <sighs> kidding when they were like, mm, really consider running this next year. <laughs> and of course you were just like, I'm doing it. I wasn't wasting all that training. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's... what it takes to train and ra- prepare for a race. We're at, uh, what is it? It's, it's May 1st. Okay. The, the, race is today's may 1st and our race is in august august 6th i think Mm -hmm. so we're right at that like 12 mile Mm -hmm. phase where you're basically running a half marathon or almost Mm -hmm. just because on the weekend with nobody cheering for you right (laughs) right (laughs) so this is the breaking point we'll see how how it goes but uh yeah well, we're we're signed up for the uh, the first ever half marathon in Alexandria Bay. Ooh! And found out it's a brand new race, uh, you know, Bolt Castle and all that oh, out there. So wow. that'll be fun. That's um, awesome. And hopefully it goes well. But anyhow, I yeah. I I love talking about that now because yeah. it keeps me jacked up. Hopefully, yeah. I. It is such a. I I definitely miss it. Um, I've hung up my runner shoes and I've. I do CrossFit and I've been yep. doing CrossFit for over six years now. And I find that that's, um, a, a much more gentler on my joints and yeah, you, you know, know, it's been great. Uh, and, and shout out to, to CrossFit. I mean, I, um, I was doing CrossFit with Lauren pretty regularly for quite a while and we've fallen out of it, but of the two Plattsburgh half marathons I ran the better time that I had, Mm-hmm. was after I'd been doing a bunch of CrossFit Yep. versus wish, just running. I wish that I was doing CrossFit while I was training oh, for, man. Those, for both of those marathons. It would have been a complete difference. Totally different. Mm-hmm. Totally different uh, mental training, but yeah. also like your strength is just in a totally different place. Yes. It, I mean, that muscle development and that weightlifting component is so critical and you really don't realize it. You think mm-hmm. I'm a long distance runner. I'm healthy. Like in some ways you are really healthy, but in other ways you, that weight training piece is so important. Yep. And you, mm-hmm. you burn more calories, the more muscle you have mm-hmm. just resting calories, caloric yeah. burn. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of people think, oh, I got to just cardio this out. But really, if you actually <laughs> put more muscle on your body. Yeah you'll burn more calories just sitting at your desk. Right. <laughs> I could eat all day long. <laughs> Not necessarily. I wish it was that. I love Reese cups, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. Okay. So you run you you run two marathons. No big deal. That's there's no gumption in that. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then you start working for Spectrum. 
not Spectrum at the time, but yeah. And you come back. I'm not sure the timing of all of this, but you're you're working for Spectrum, and you're in which state now? So I wind up back in I wind up in Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay. Because I'm like, hey, it's close to New Jersey. I can drive and see my family. And um, my job um, in Reno and in Massachusetts was um, as a regional marketing support for the charter business sales um, sales teams um, or enterprise sales, whatever people are referring mm-hmm. to it. But um, mm-hmm. so that's actually how my husband and I, Zach, Zach Latinville, that's how we connected because he was an enterprise or charter business sales rep based out of Plattsburgh covering the Northeast and I was based in Worcester, Mass, but our world's connected in the working world. So nice. We were the inter office scandalous romance. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So, so you met, uh, but he was living in Plattsburgh, traveling Mm -hmm. all over. You were living in Worcester. Mm -hmm. Wow. I can't. Worcester. Worcester. (laughs) I I, don't ask me to ever do that again. (laughs) I had many lessons on it when I moved there. They're like, listen, Marie, I, I got called Maria. Like all kind of- <laughs> right, because if it ends of an A, you have to put an R sound at the end. Maria, of it. it's Worcester. Yeah, nice. No, okay, so you that's long distance. Yeah, we did long distance for uh, a year. Wow. Mm-hmm. And eventually, uh, it comes down to you coming here to Plattsburgh, New York. Yep. New Jersey, Jersey girl coming up to Plattsburgh, New York <laughs> right. and finding it as, as home. Watch out, North Country. Yeah. <laughs> comes nice. comes the thunder. <laughs> and, and so through this whole time, you are a marketing guru. Yeah. So the, the bulk of my experience professionally has been in um, strategic marketing. Okay. Yeah. So moving up to Plattsburgh, I mean, there was a lot, the Northeast here, this, especially this region, there are a lot of similarities to the Northwest. Um, and so I did, I get, I did get to spend a lot of time going through Washington and Oregon and Northern California and not like just Seattle and Portland, but more, um, kind of out there areas that Mm. you wouldn't think to normally go to like the Western or the Eastern part of Washington state. Mm -hmm. It's almost like its own little Napa Valley up there. It's own little wine country. Um, and there's a lot of like desert and mountainy landscape and it's just very different, um, and very beautiful. And so, and in a lot of ways, this Plattsburgh North country area reminded me of certain pockets of the Northwest. And I was like, God, it's really beautiful up there. Nice. Um, So there were certain things that were appealing and there is something that is really appealing about being in a smaller town, smaller area. Yep. And my husband has, um, has a son. Mm -hmm. And so that was, um, of high importance on, on the list. I wouldn't ever, um, pull Zach away from the North country or away from his son, um, and so we knew that the only way that Zach and I were going to work is if I moved up to Plattsburgh. So that's what I chose to do. And so that scandalous uh, office <laughs> romance yeah. turned into a, a marriage and you moved on to a different a different job yeah. in marketing. And mm-hmm. here you are in Plattsburgh. And I think yeah. when you and I first met, you were heavily active in Adirondack Young Professionals. I was. You were like their marketing <laughs> go- <clears throat> Keep with the marketing theme, marketing mm-hmm. guru. You mm-hmm. helped design I, the website mm-hmm. that, I mean, up until I think this year stood firm for us. It's like our staple for a long time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was, you know, I love, I love to still use the creative side of my brain. Um, 
and uh, my and I there's um, young professionals groups. There's always a part that is near and dear to my heart. When I lived out on the West Coast too, I connected with um, a young professionals group that was out there as well. And it was such a great way to network and meet people. And the older you get, and when you live places that you didn't grow up in, it's really hard to get to know people. And a young professionals organization is such a fantastic way, not just to meet, just not just to do professional networking, but make some personal connections and build bridges in a lot of ways. Um, so when I moved to this area, that was kind of like one of the first things that I did was like, okay, there's got to be a young professionals group here. And how do I get involved? Yeah. Um, so it was a really great experience. I got to meet Hannah and, yep. and you and a lot of other folks. Um, and so, yeah, I was able to do that marketing support piece. And then it, I just hit a point in my career where I was just burnt. Mm. I was burnt. I was done. Um, I, I knew that I love to think creatively and innovatively and use that side of my brain, but I needed a new challenge or there was, there was something like a little birdie chirping on my shoulder. Like <laughs> you really love training and development, <laughs> <laughs> training and development, training and development. Yeah. Yeah. And nice. I started to pay attention to some other reoccurring themes within my career and um, decided to to make a leap and change change that career uh, three and a half years ago. Now, awesome. Yeah, awesome. And that takes you that takes you to where you are today at at CVPH, mm-hmm. part of the UVM uh, Health Network. Yeah, absolutely. Employee Development Manager. Tell me about that. Tell me about that job. So I so I started at CVPH as an Employee Development Specialist mm-hmm. and. Um, in that role, I have historically been supporting our employees in accessing the education funds program. Um, I do a lot of support um, work behind the scenes for our new employee orientation, uh, facilitate other training and development programs, and um, a, f- a whole multitude of things. I'm actually still using my marketing experience because <laughs> I'm sort of the learning and developments marketing person if you will we joke about it uh, I will promote the learning and development program offerings internally to our employees so I'm still doing newsletter work oh, I'm still nice. doing a lot of the so that, that that still keeps that creative side of my brain pretty happy um, my role has evolved and changed um, actually last October I was promoted to employee development manager and um, so I'm still juggling both responsibilities we're in the yep. process of hiring an HR assistant to take on some of those tasks that I have been supporting. Um, So my role will evolve and move forward once some of those other things come off my plate. But where I am headed is into more of a um, career counselor, or we joke and say that I'm a guidance counselor for our CVPH employees. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really where I want to be. I want to be helping our employees grow uh, within the organization, whether that be growing within their current role or helping them grow into a future role within the organization, mm. the network is um, moving all of all of the facilities that are part of the network into a direction of how can we collaborate more? How can we work smarter, not harder? How can we um, create a, sh- a sort of shared services concept? And so my, uh, what I would love to focus on and I will, my role will be evolving more into is focusing on succession planning, career growth, um, and efforts to support retention 
and um, reducing turnover for our organization. That's huge. So, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Lots that's of fun that's stuff. a big that's a big deal though, and especially um, you think about. I, I mean, I don't know the statistics, but I would assume the one of the higher reasons someone leaves a role mm-hmm. is they no longer see um, the the advancement opportunity in that role. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think everybody experiences that at some point in their career. Yeah. They feel like there's a glass ceiling over my head, or that's it. Like I've grown as far as I can grow. Um, and, and my job is to help people see beyond that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and so tell me this, if, if someone comes to you, uh, um, someone comes to you within CVPH and, uh, needs advice on that, that seems like a tricky, tricky balance to play because you can't obviously can't promise anything to anybody, but you have to give them the, the professional coaching they need to make the best choice for them. Mm -hmm. So I have so many different kinds of conversations with employees. It really depends on where they're at. Yeah. Um, and there's no, there's never a guarantee or promise of a promotion my job is to help employees understand, though, that it is their job to own their career growth, come up with strategies and a path that's going to help them move into the next step or phase of their career. Mm. So we'll see. Um, I see the gamut, right? I mean, I've got associate level RNs who want to pursue a bachelor's degree. Um, so their path is a little bit more clear, mm-hmm. or maybe they eventually want to go for that advanced practice degree. They want to become a nurse practitioner or a, a physician assistant, or maybe there's that environmental service worker who's an entry level position. They're like, I love this organization. I want to be here forever. I don't care. I just want to grow. <laughs> wow. So like, okay, let's talk about that. Like, what are your strengths? What gives you joy? What gives you energy? Like let's, instead of thinking about filling job descriptions, Let's start thinking about how can our employees think about what are my strengths and what are some needs within the organization and how can I apply my strengths to fit these needs? Hmm. That's interesting. It's, it's, it reminds me of a, a whiteboard in the office of my wife's office at SUNY Plattsburgh that says yeah. the grass is always greener where you water it. Yep. And you're, I mean, I'm simplifying what you just said, but it sounds like you're showing uh, options and pathways for how employees can water the grass. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So what kind of things do you, I mean, can you say like typical, like, um, samples of, of like conversations that you have or. So what would be a common example? Um, some things that I, I tend to hear, like, like I was saying, I know I want to grow, <clears throat> but I don't know how. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest theme that I hear is mm-hmm. I know I want this growth, but I'm, I feel X, Y, and Z obstacles, or I feel challenges, or people are almost scared to say what they want out loud. Mm. And that I have experienced a lot. Interesting. Like, it's really gutsy to say... I really want to go for a master's degree or I want to one day imagine being, you're just starting off your career and you're like, you know what? I want to be a neurosurgeon or I want to be 
uh, a physician's assistant. That seems like a really far off lofty goal when you're just starting at baseline, right? But you have to start by saying those things out loud. Visualization and admitting those things that you want is a really powerful and important step Mm. to any sort of growth, not just career growth, but just growth in general. Yeah. And I think this is a, a, a basic 101 function of growth that most people tend to cut out altogether because it's like so scary to say yeah. and admit what it is that you actually want. Why do you think, why do you think we have such a hard time admitting, like saying like publicly like that, what we want? Do you think it's like a societal pressure? It's a psych- psychology I mean, I don't know. There's so many pieces to yeah. it. Yeah, everybody's fear, different. Yeah, fear, doubt, um, negativity. If you think about, it's funny. A class that I am actually facilitating tomorrow morning and that I speak to quite a bit is: human beings are designed and built for survival. Mm. So, some of our basic function is to. Um, fight or flight, right? We're built for, uh, like if we were out in the wilderness and we had to survive and run away from predators, for example, our bodies physiologically are designed for fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And so when we're put into stressful situations or when we're, um, you know, feeling like stakes are high, our bodies are doing this fight or flight thing without us really realizing it. We experience triggers around us, which create behaviors and, So to say, for example, like one of my goals, which is really scary for me to say out loud is I would love to do a TED talk one day. (laughs) That's a really scary goal, right? There's a lot of vulnerability. There's a lot of putting yourself out there. There's a lot of like, oh my God, I'd have to like put my application in. There's a lot of things that I'd have to do to really make this happen. And in the meanwhile, you're fighting off this fear and this doubt and oh my God, what would I even talk about? And who would listen to me? And right, there's all these things that stop us. But all it starts, like, you don't have to worry about that fear and doubt thing. It's like, shut up, fear and doubt. Mm. Just say, I want to do a TED Talk. Start there. You don't have to know how. You don't have to know the how. You don't have to worry about all that. You'll, if you just keep saying what it is that you actually want, you will eventually, your life will eventually get there. That's gold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I mean, boom, my (laughs) mind just blown. But no, you think about it like... I, I honestly, I, I go back to running. Mm-hmm. I have, I mean, I've mentioned it a couple times on the podcast, but other than that, I've been pretty like around family, around friends. I've been pretty quiet about the whole marathon training thing. Why? Because. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot, <laughs> this Ryan. Is good, this is good therapy. <laughs> <laughs> because if I get, I'm scared of failing. I'm scared of telling people yeah. that I'm going to go, run a marathon but if i mm-hmm. don't end up doing it mm-hmm. but i never told anybody that i wanted it mm-hmm. it's okay mm-hmm. but if i tell everybody that i want to run a marathon mm-hmm. and then in the back of my head i'm worried that what if i don't do it mm-hmm. i'm gonna like oh there goes ryan again saying mm-hmm. he's gonna the second time around he's tried this before mm-hmm. It gives you some you're like <laughs> I, i'm off the hook right? i'm if off the hook do this it's okay if I don't do it. So it depends on how you're motivated. Yeah. So if you feel like you're self-motivated enough to take that approach, great. That That's cool. That totally works. By telling other people around you what you're doing, 
that increases accountability because now you have little accountability buddies. Mm. So like my master's degree, for example, I was, I intentionally chose to share my journey on Facebook, not because I wanted to be like, Oh, look at me. I'm getting my master's. (laughs) That's not the validation I was looking for. I was actually seeking for, I was seeking encouragement and support, but most importantly, accountability. Mm. Because if I was putting myself out there and telling people that I'm you working on this master's thing, yeah. I could not not finish it. Like yeah. that was not even a choice. Yeah. So for me, that was actually an important piece of accountability. Mm. So it depends on what motivates you. Yeah. Let's talk about that because that's that's an interesting segue uh from what we're talking about here. Like the 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 other piece of setting goals and trying mm-hmm. to conquer them mm-hmm. when life is just crazy sometimes. <laughs> and I feel like, I mean, no, from talking before the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, you've conquered a lot, especially with the master's degree with life being crazy. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. So let's what? see. My daughter was eight months old and I said, Hey, I'm going to go back to school. And my husband's like, okay, if you really want to do this, I support you. Um, the universe was genuinely serving it up to me on a golden platter, considering my job function at CVPH. Um, and I'm actually a point of contact for the schools that, um, we have network partnerships with. Oh, wow. So there's a list of schools that provide CVPH employee or UVM health network employees, not just CVPH, but the whole network. If you're an employee anywhere within the network, we have this list of schools that will provide our employees with tuition discounts. Wow. And they even extend some some of those schools, extend those discounts to even spouses or family members. So it's, I mean, it's such, I mean, the organization just really embraces lifelong learning and is so um, supportive in a lot of ways. But I digress. The, the point is the job function I was in, the resources that I had right at my fingertips. Yeah. It was like the universe screaming, look, there's no perfect time to go back to school. Like there is no perfect time. So if you sit around waiting for it, it's not going to happen. Um, so I decided to just take that leap, put in my application. Um, and I, and I'm so grateful that I just took that leap of faith and did it. It was not easy. Cause like I said, my daughter was eight months old when I started, we were still breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I was still pumping at least three times a day at work. And for the mamas out there who understand that breastfeeding journey and what that what that really feels like to try to build in pumping time to your day that's already jam-packed with meetings and crazy schedule and deadlines, you just somehow figure it out. And I would get home from work. Um, I still figured out how to squeeze CrossFit in there. Thankfully, I have a very supportive and encouraging husband and He's a great partner as far as, um, just, he's just a great partner, but he's been great with juggling Rosie and, um, and just the household responsibilities in life. And without that, I I don't know that I would have been able to get through it. Um, so, you know, it's like you get home from work and it's just like, you get this short little window with your baby, you, you nurse her to death. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> she you put her to bed, you pray that she sleeps. I don't I was not blessed with a baby who likes to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um so she did a lot of cluster feeding and 
not a lot of sleeping and there were literally times where I was like a human pacifier <laughs> and um but you know what it's like you just do what you have to do yeah and I would stay up late doing my homework or on the weekends try to squeak it in however I could I really tried to do my schoolwork at nighttime that's really like my my focus time um but life has been nuts for the last 20 months or however long it took um but it's been amazing i mean it's been yeah. such an amazing journey and what i have learned throughout this program has not just helped me professionally but it's also been super um beneficial personally as well wow mm-hmm. that's that's got to be such a hard thing to to decide. I mean, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are thinking, man, I would love to do that. Like what, I mean, you said it was served to you on a mm-hmm. silver platter, golden mm-hmm. platter. Yeah. An amazing platinum platter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the universe was like, if you don't do this, you're a ding dong. <laughs> yeah. But like, how do you, how do you, what do you say as someone who's an expert and trained in this now, you know, if, if I came to you and I said, I think I want to go back to school, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'm ready. Mm-hmm. How do I how do I make that decision? So I would talk through um, personally, like what what's going on in your personal life that you can carve out time for this. I want to be very clear. There's um, people look at like, wow, you did so much. Please know that there's a whole lot of other things that weren't happening in my life while mm. while this was while this is going on, right? So I've got a messy house. I've got, um, you know, meal meal preps were like as basic as it gets. Yep. <laughs> you know, you're, um, there's a lot of self-care out the window, yeah. you know, never mind that. Um, you're just, you're in survival mode and you're really doing the best that you can. Um, I think you have to look at your priorities and decide what can be put on hold temporarily for a little segment of your life you know, and, and also evaluate your current life, right? What do you keep doing? What do you stop doing? What do you, um, try, try new? And I think what I've also learned too, is how much time is unproductive time? Mm. How much time are we spending (laughs) that is really unproductive? And I have learned quickly that, you know what, even with a kid and all these other things that I can come up with as excuses as to why I can't make a degree happen. But the reality is there's a ton of unproductive time that I was able to chop out. Mm. That's impressive though. And, and I mean, it it, it certainly, we've already said this, but it certainly couldn't have been easy. Um, So you now have this impressive degree and you're going to be what was the joke? Uh, the guidance counselor. Uh, <laughs> I've I've uh, been acting as the guidance okay. counselor, so I'm going to continue to to do that, but also develop further. Um, so my my degree is in organizational development, and so how, now it's now it's transfer of knowledge time and taking yeah. all this great degree knowledge that I learned and actually putting it into action and applying it to the workplace. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thanks. Um, so you. You spend how many how many years in strategic marketing? Twelve plus. Twelve plus years in mm-hmm. in strategic marketing mm-hmm. from the limited years that I saw you working locally in in strategic marketing. You were crushing it. And, Thanks. Um, you decided that you needed a switch. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. I think we've talked a little bit about it, but mm-hmm. 
just sort of this dynamic of when it's right mm. to switch careers. Because I'm sure there's a lot oh, of listeners yeah. who are, especially maybe the listeners in their 20s, mm-hmm. who are going, have I found my, have I found the right fit? For you, how'd you know you needed to leave? And then how did you know you found the right fit? Yeah, that, those are great questions. First of all, if you're, if you're in your 20s and you're like, I found the one, kudos to you because you are <laughs> the minority. <laughs> yeah. I'm not to say that doesn't exist, but, um, you know, I spent 12 plus years in strategic marketing. And like I said, I've got this creative side of my brain that I genuinely love to tap into and I love to use, but it doesn't creativity. We all have creativity within us. It's how do we get to flex that muscle and Mm. how, how do we get to use it? And, um, as I sort of alluded to earlier, a few common themes were popping up within my career and I started to pay attention to what are some of the other job functions or responsibilities or skill sets that I've been using that actually really energize me and excite me. And, um, I noticed that it was when I got to train or orient, um, employees or when I got to talk to employees about their development or their career growth, or if they were like, Hey, I really think I want to apply for this job, even friends, like not just whatever job I had, but maybe friends in my circle. I had a lot of friends who would come to me and be like, Hey Maria, can you look at my resume? <laughs> like I was like the resume review queen yeah. for, for a lot of years. And like, but I loved it. I enjoyed it. And, um, I actually was teaching, I think this was, Oh no, at this point I think I was at Clinton. Or no, I was trans or was transitioning from Pine Harbor to the hospital, but I was teaching okay. um at Clinton Community College leadership development classes. Nice. I didn't know you did that. I did. Yeah. How long did you do that? Um it was like a year kind okay. of thing. Because it was before Rosie was born. Gotcha. So then once I had Rosie, I had to I had to cut that out. <laughs> Reprioritize. Yeah. That's okay. But it was so much fun and I really enjoyed um the group of people that would come out to the classes. It was, um, we had a lot of local companies that would send like batches of their supervisors to these trainings. Um, it was part of their workforce development mm-hmm. group. So they were yep. like the non-credit classes and I would be like, you know, in the evenings teaching these classes and it was so much fun. I so enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah. So you had these little, little indicators along the way that maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm I'm really a learning and development person. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so I I guess I I'm curious. I mean, I feel like I've found my my um my career, and I'm mm-hmm. 29. Mm-hmm. Found it in the 20s. But, uh, almost <laughs> You're like 29 almo- and a half. <laughs> yeah, 29 and a half. Um, but you know, I guess I I I want to. I want to dive into the the decision making process that you made about that because um it it just seems like career planning is such a hard thing for people mm-hmm. um cuz it's hard well I guess back to what you said earlier it's hard to admit what you want mm-hmm. or say what you want I think career planning is only as hard as you make it I think people sometimes think that they have to come up with this long elaborate career plan Mm. and I'm not suggesting that I'm suggesting that you start off small what is if you're in a position where you're like okay I'm really I just took this job because I needed it Mm -hmm. but I want to grow I want to transition I want to move forward so start small and we don't always have to leap into a degree program right there's so many 
um, more short-term sort of educational goals that you can pursue, like a certification or go for a one-day seminar or read a great book. I mean, there's so many things that you can do to give yourself little nuggets of education and knowledge. And every time you go to a conference or a workshop or a seminar, what happens? You meet other people. Yep. And you network and you start having interesting conversations that you never would have had if you didn't go. And then you're like, hmm, this person has this job function. I didn't even know this job existed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then you're like, that sounds really cool. <laughs> um, spend time on job boards. Um, I think there's a lot of value. The internet is a wealth of knowledge and mm. information. So if you're kind of like, I don't even know what I'm inspired by, go look on job boards, see what kind of job descriptions are out there. It might help inspire some thought on something that's interesting to you. Um, the Society for Human Resources Management, um, SHRM, S-H-R-M, yep. is another great resource if you're just trying to kind of spin the wheels on ideas. Um you know, there's so many industries you can go into, right? I mean, we talked a lot about healthcare because I'm living in the healthcare world, but living here in the North country, we know that there's a ton of tech and engineering and, um, the whole, like with Clinton, right? We have that yep. whole science and engineering yep. program. There's, um, manufacturing is alive and well here. So there's so many other industries in this area that you can certainly pursue opportunities. And it's thinking beyond what the actual industry is, Right, because each industry, despite um, whether it's healthcare, manufacturing, or senior care, or whatever, but there's also this whole business support side, right? They're all yeah, right. businesses that still need to yeah. function. So, is there other functions within a business that are intriguing or interesting to you? Hmm. So it's just exposing yourself, getting yourself out there. Go to an ADKYP mixer, <laughs> get to know the people that are there. What are their and learn about their jobs and what they're doing. Um, there's no way that you could really even decide what you want to do if you don't really know what kind of options are even out there. And yep. I think it's also important, again, to go back and admit to the things that you actually want, list those things out. And also don't be scared to brag about yourself, even if it's like in a journal format. Maybe you're not yeah. saying it to anybody else but yourself, but talk about your strengths think about what are my strengths? What are things that bring me joy? What are things that give me energy? Even if it's um, pieces of your job, um, maybe it's pieces of your personal life, like your wife coaches, right? Yep. So that's maybe something that outside of work gives her joy and energy. Yep. So it's, it's really trying to focus and think about what are the positive elements and aspects of my life? And then how do I start to piece these things together? Hmm. I can tell you're an expert in this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about expert, but... <laughs> uh, an, an ever-growing uh, and evolving expert. Like, you're, you're obviously, there's always personal mastery in a subject area, but I can tell mm -hmm. this is definitely something where you're adding some value to employees at CVPH. And, and here's I, my thing with the term expert. Uh -huh. I don't feel anyone is ever an expert. I feel like we always have room for growth. I like that. And the world is constantly changing and evolving around us. So if we can embrace a learner and growth mindset and not just say, I'm an expert and that's it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So I'm always cautious with the word expert. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're going to be, um, continuing to get closer to expertise. I, as you know, as, <laughs> as close as you can someday. Um, I mean, long term. I don't know, mm -hmm. 20 years down the road or yeah maybe more what i mean mm -hmm. what 
what's the future for expertise or close to it for Maria look like? I would say, so my next goal, next, um, education wise goal is to obtain a coaching certification. Oh, interesting. And, um, something along the lines of more like professional development, coaching, career coaching, um, maybe executive leadership coaching. I think that's sort of in my future. Um, I really feel passionate and excited about not just career growth and development, but also leadership development. That's another piece of it. Um, and then I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm pregnant, so I'm kind of like, <laughs> let's like, like have a baby in September yeah. and maybe enjoy, enjoy some family time and reacquaint, you know, back to, back to a normal life now that school's done. But yeah, long-term, I, I think I see myself more developing into more of this official mm. or formal coaching role. Do you have any like big mentors in your field of study, like any authors or, um, people that you look up to that you maybe they're local or maybe I don't know that mm-hmm. that you would aspire to be or mm-hmm. you gain uh, oh man industry inspiration from I don't know uh, did I put you on the spot no <laughs> like my brain I, I have or like is there too many million, I, I feel so like many. I saw your eyelids like <laughs> flipping through your Rolodex <laughs> I I draw a ton of inspiration from there's so many resources um within my sphere that I'm that you're right are just like flipping through my brain if i think about on um in the, on the internet like linkedin mm-hmm. um ted talks yep um school school was a huge influence for me um i had a lot of really amazing professors who all have PhDs and coaching certifications. And so a lot, I drew a lot of inspiration from them. Um, one of my professors who taught two of my classes coincidentally is also a coaching slash consultant and does work, um, for UVM health network on the Vermont side. Oh, wow. So there was actually like a a cross of our worlds. Um, and she, she's been an amazing person also on the Vermont side. We're, we're, connecting more so with other learning and development team members. Um, and there's some amazing, um, backgrounds and experience and folks who I'm just super excited to be able to draw inspiration from and learn from. Um, and on this side too, I mean, my boss who hired me, um, on at CVPH, she now retired. Um, but Julie Brunell was, um, a huge, um, advocate of lifelong learning and mm-hmm. she really built and started the learning and development team at CVPH. Oh, wow. So our team is sort of her legacy. Um, she's been a huge inspiration and a lot of, I'll be honest with you, a lot of the employees at CVPH are a huge inspiration to me because like I said, I'm the one that they come to when they're like, I want to go back to school. So I've seen the, the working full-time employee who has multiple children who's taking care of an aging loved one, um, juggling crazy shifts over time, nighttime shifts, um, and finishing a degree and do, you know what I mean? So it's like, wow. I mean, the amount of compassion and energy and excitement and it's like, how do you you, feel inspired? You obviously pulled together the gumption to, to complete your master's degree with everything you have going on. But then you Mm -hmm. think of also what they've done too, with Mm -hmm. 
the things they see on a daily basis, mm-hmm. or especially, you know, in ER or serious um, other, it's just, an, it's amazing um, to see everybody's different stories. Yeah. That's why I wanted to do the podcast. I feel like I have nothing more uh, to gain than just have great conversations with people that are inspiring, like yourself. Thank you. Well, this is really fun. Yeah. Um, we are, it looks like we're 52 minutes into okay. this sucker. So uh, they've been going about an hour, uh, some, you know, hour and 15 minutes. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to um, plug yourself. Okay. Um, if you had any advice, any f- final advice that you would share with the listeners mm-hmm. about uh, career planning or coaching or anything we've talked about, what would you, t- what would you say? Don't overwhelm yourself and um, start with thinking about what brings you joy and energy and notice who are mentors around you because I think that's another mm. neglected focus, something that we just don't realize that we have mentors around us. We have people that we go to for advice. Um, we just don't officially call them a mentor. We just think, oh, they're just so-and-so, right? A family member or... Uh, a, a coworker, not even just, it doesn't have to be your boss or direct supervisor. It could be just someone in your life. Um, so acknowledging that you have these mentor relationships and utilizing them, tap into them. Um, I have, I have certainly used mentors in my life. Um, and I've also been a mentor for a lot of people and that's a completely voluntary role. Mm-hmm. It's something that I enjoy doing. If I can help someone, even in my personal life, not just yeah. professionally, yeah. if I can help someone move past a stuck phase or a stage of life, um, I'm happy to be that support person. Those are things that bring me joy and give me energy. Um, if it means that it's going to help you get out of, you know, the career rut that you're, that you're maybe in. And, um, you gotta, this is like something I'm like, all right, Maria, Take your own advice. (laughs) Um, And and I'm sure this is kind of may sound cliche to a lot of people, but practicing gratitude. um, This is something I actually really do want to try to focus on and practicing positive deviance in our lives because it is very easy to focus on the negative and focus on what doesn't work and no, but can't. Mm, It's so easy to do that. And, but every time, there's some really great articles out there and there's some really great neuroscience research that you cannot simultaneously have a positive and a negative thought at the same time. Our brains physically cannot do it. Interesting. So if you're flooding your brain with positive thoughts, yep. then you can't have negative thoughts. I, that sounds so simple, but I, it makes sense. It makes right. total sense. So when you're doing things like practicing gratitude or writing um, some positive thoughts down, focusing on your strengths, things like that. That's how you actually move yourself forward. And so these are small, simple, little things that you think like, all right, that's like tofu, hippie, you know, way mm-hmm. out in the clouds thinking. But the, there's a lot of really great neuro- neuroscience and research and validity behind these few simple things that I'm suggesting. And you can certainly Google it. Yeah. No, I, I, I probably will now because you feel, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Fun fact about me. Yeah. So I, I'm a, I actually was a bio major and I was going to be a teacher, but mm-hmm. I focused um, my classes in neuroscience. 
So okay, so I just struck like a geek out. It's like I want to go read it now. (laughs) But back in the day, yeah, there's actually uh, two people, uh, you know, in the same role as me, myself and another guy who graduated from St. Lawrence at Hickok and Boardman right now. We were both in the same neuroscience classes. To get, and now we're both commercial insurance brokers. Oh, that's funny. It's applicable <laughs> everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And and your point about uh, mentorship, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that can't say that enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, having positive mentors it has been mm-hmm. honestly a, a privilege that I've had mm-hmm. because at least when I was younger, I had positive mentors that totally shaped and guided me to who I am without me asking or realizing. Mm -hmm. And now I've, as I'm older and matured, I definitely recognize the value of identifying mentors that Mm -hmm. you look up to and can aspire to learn from and be like, so. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's huge. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, What's next? (laughs) I, this is, It's so funny. I, sometimes I'm just like jonesing for the opportunity to get to the rapid fire section because okay. I love it so much. But I have some rapid fire questions for you. You oh, ready? Oh gosh. Okay. I feel like maybe I should I should come up with a fancy like jingle or something for this part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Question number one. Okay. You and you don't have to answer them like Jeopardy. You just answer. You know, okay. <laughs> what is? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pretty simple. What is a book that you would gift to somebody and why? A book, a book that I tend to, and I have gifted on numerous occasions. It probably depends on who it is, my audience. Sure. Um, I, I kind of left it a little open for you, but you can define the audience. So a book that I have gifted and um, do reference a lot in my life is Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Um, Writing it down. Yep. Go ahead and write that one down. Um, Lean in. Tell me about this book. Lean in. Um, So Cheryl Sandberg shares her journey um, through her career um, through and moving into Facebook. Um, But she shares some really great career perspective and advice on, on the importance of leaning the concept of leaning in is having presence at that table so when you're at that big boardroom conference room table envision yourself in a in a meeting don't just sit back in the corner or opt to sit in the extra chair on the side of the wall no have a seat at the table lean into the conversation don't just it's even physically imagine mm. imagine yourself physically leaning in um and and that metaphorical concept is then um kind of transferred into many other aspects on how you can lean in to a, not just a conversation, but decreasing that wage gap, right? We oh, talk yeah. about, you know, yeah. why men are paid yeah. more than women and there's so many theories behind it or research behind it. Um, so it's, it's really empowering women to balance career, um, with family life long gone are those days that you can't have kids and a career, um, that was a meant for me, this book was so pivotal because I did grow up in that mentality of you can't have kids and family and a career. That was like reading this book totally changed That's my so perspective. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, and there's even an example in there where she talks about someone that she managed 
on her team who was like young and in their twenties and like came into her office totally stressed out about, I don't know how I'm going to juggle career and, and children. And Cheryl sits her down and she's like, so are you dating anyone? And she's like, no. So you're not getting married or like, you're not at that point where you're having kids. Are you pregnant? And she's like, no. So she wasn't even at the stage oh my. Of, wow. of actually like thinking about having kids or anything, but she was just in this fearful panic of, I'm going to have to choose between child, having a family and children and career. And so that like, to me, that was like, ding, 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 ding. Oh yeah. my God, I've been living in that space. Um, so, and it's not just for, for women. I think it's a great book for men to read too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but certainly, um, that, that level of inequality and social structure that Mm -hmm. has led to stress like that for Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. that's awesome great i wrote the book down it's a really great read your wife will like it too if she hasn't read it already maybe maybe would you gift it to me (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay i love it off to a good start okay question number two what advice would you give to your 18 year old self Ooh. My 18-year-old self. Now knowing what you know. (sighs) Hmm. Tough one, I know. Ooh, 18-year-old self. I know, I know. Go live wild and crazier (laughs) (laughs) before you get married and have kids. (laughs) No, I don't know. I lived a really wild and crazy life. I would, I don't know. Because I, I, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want anything to change my path. Yeah, it's true. I'm, I'm kind of like cool where I'm at. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't That's... know that I want to like, I'd have to think about that. That's a ponder one. You're okay. stumping me here. That's fine. <laughs> one to one. No, one just kidding. <laughs> no, you know what? That's actually, um, yeah, that says a lot. That says a lot about you and your family and, and what you've done for yourself that you don't want anything to go different so you i don't have anything to say that's mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. or at least in the moment you know tomorrow morning i'll be like oh that's what i could have said <laughs> <laughs> it's all good here's a fun one um uh take price out of the equation but if, if you could um put up a billboard mm-hmm. uh, or a massive sign in Times Square or in a very high traffic public place, mm-hmm. what would your billboard say? <laughs> for like, it would be like for me it, or that you, you now have <laughs> access to a billboard or the Times Square TV, whatever you want to envision, but you can put anything on it. Anything? It, anything. It doesn't have to be a career focused thing. It could be, but what would you want to put on a billboard for the world to read or see? <laughs> Maybe because this is relevant in my life at the moment, but if I could do a billboard, it would see it would say something like assume good intent. <laughs> Don't believe everything you see on Facebook. <laughs> yes. Yes. I wish the listeners could have seen you like just deliver Visual. that she had i'm she sicilian had her, so yeah. like my hands are always moving she's got the hand out and she's looking into the yeah. clouds and as she says it that was epic <laughs> and that's a great message honestly that's oh man i think um mark hamilton also 
simplified the basically the same message and he just is like don't be a dick yeah <laughs> like that's yes actually I'd, I'd like to change mine my answer <laughs> i'll let mark know that you agreed two two votes for don't be a dick yeah, yeah. excellent yeah. <laughs> okay this is the final one. This is my favorite question. I, this okay. is because I always tee it up, and I've gotten some great answers. I'm putting you on the spot again. Okay. Um, now I'm a little nervous. If if <laughs> if uh, if we could assemble a board of directors for Maria Latinville for your life mm-hmm. to guide and coach you and advise you through the rest of your life, uh, who would the three people be on your? board of directors they can be alive dead uh famous or not it can be anybody but who would the three people be and why you're really making me think deep today (laughs) all right three people so let's see if board of directors i want to think of like mind body and spirit right people who are going to guide me in those three areas there you go yeah that's a good way to go yeah i'll take that approach so i'm going to go with mama d is my mom my my one and only mama um she's like the spiritual sicilian mama of all mamas and um love it and she knows me pretty pretty well so i feel like she would she would make some good decisions as a board of director of my life because i think she already has <laughs> yeah she, it, <laughs> she kind de facto of <laughs> board of director automatically yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, let's see. So she covers the spiritual part, the mind part. Oof. All right. Maybe I'll go local. I'll go with, um, one of my coworkers, Zadie Lachlan, who is, um, if anyone knows Zadie knows that she's probably one of the most amazing human beings that there is on this planet. And she is a mentor to me. And, um, she's someone who I have the honor of working with every day. Uh, and she has guided me through a lot of mental process and uh, she would be a wonderful person to have on my board of directors. Uh, so mind and spirit, love now it. body. Uh, love it. <laughs> so I'm going to go famous. I'm thinking, like, who do I follow on social media? Um, this may sound cr- Pink. There you and go. Pink is like, she's badass. She's got babies. She's juggling it all. She tells people to suck it with their crappy parenting. Yep. You know, all their feedback that they have on social media. And she's like the one who's like, give me a break, people. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not killing my child. Like, I just, I love her her approach. She's so inspirational. Um, and she's super active. Oh, yeah. She's like super oh, athletic. Yeah. So she, yeah, I really look up to her as a female role model. I think she's just amazing. So I think those would be my three. That's fantastic. I got it. That's fantastic. I love it. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, this has been great. This has been a great conversation. I'm going to have to have you on again because (laughs) maybe, maybe for, for stories of gumption or just for more personal therapy, maybe, (laughs) I don't know, but this has been good. I feel, I feel like ready to take on the world, but maybe uh, next time I'll interview you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Guest host. Uh, Maria Latinville hosting Stories of Gumption, and the guest will be me. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you shared your story of gumption? I haven't. I haven't. So there we go. Yeah, there we go. We could do that. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. And then, you know, maybe uh, at that point, we, we can uh, see what see what the world has to bring. But um, this has been great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and certainly hold you... Um, 
in high regard. And now after learning what you've accomplished with your master's degree, the knowledge base that you're bringing back to CVPH, I hold you even higher. It's like, holy smokes, she's just Mm -hmm. crushing it. Thank you. Good for you. Thank you. Um, Everybody, um, I want to thank you for listening. If you've tuned in, this is episode 11. We're at lucky number 11. And uh, special shout out to Kavanaugh Realty for their sponsorship, doing great things. Hashtag local matters. And also Open Gate Farmstead. Uh, give Give them a ring on social media. They'll give you some eggs. They're fantastic. And if it's your first order ever, let them know that you heard about them from the Gumption Podcast. And they'll give you a dollar off. It's worth it. Check it out. Thanks again, Maria. Thank you. See ya.